0: For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Welcome to Move Your Mind. My name's Nick Brax, and this is a podcast where we have real conversations with real people and give real advice. On today's episode, I'm interviewing Dr. Ben Hargrave. We're going to be talking about the work he does as a dentist, his path to get here, the mental health learnings that he's Uh, had and experienced and a whole range of other things. It was a really great conversation. I'm sure you'll all take a lot out of it. So tune in and thanks again for supporting the podcast. Ben, thank you for coming on my podcast. It's so great. This is only my second in-person interview I've ever done for Move Your Mind. So... um, Thank you for organising this to be filmed and coming on.
1: Oh, thanks, Nick, for having me. Um, like I said, it's, it's actually r- not your everyday dentist that has their own kind of like AV um, department, <laughs> so it's, it's, it's really good to do these type of things in person. I think you, you were saying before you actually it's a different kind of connection that you can have with someone when you're actually sitting there having a conversation rather than over a zoom or or something else so massively but yeah my first podcast so please go go easy on me
0: go easy well i think you're pretty well versed in this stuff but i feel feel honored that move your mind is the first podcast that you know you're doing but um it does it's like you're saying it feels so good it feels odd to me to be actually i'm like oh there's actually a human physically here i'm just so used to looking at a screen and conducting these interviews so it is really great that you know you guys have the equipment and I would have never thought that I'd come to a dentist and make some skits and do podcast interviews (laughs) and everything so I might just set up shop for run my company through you (laughs) guys if you know if that's all right we'll find a a spare (laughs) office for you yeah yeah. exactly (laughs) Um, so I guess for our for our audience before we sort of go into it can we can you just give a bit of a background on yourself um, what you do and sort of how you how you got got to where you are today and what you yeah, what you're doing.
1: Yeah, sure. Um, so I guess my story is not really that unique, but it's um, I'm from Western Australia originally, and my dad's in agriculture, so we actually moved and lived in the country for a bit of time as well, and then. But Sydney's really kind of my my hometown, so I went to school there, and I studied um, medical science was my first. My first kind of degree. I knew that I wanted to go into something medical, but I wasn't sure if it was going to be either medicine, dentistry, or I actually worked. In, I worked in a veterinary clinic for six or seven years um, before I started doing dentistry. So that was also another kind of area. But um, yeah, I did some. I did some some work to kind of figure out exactly where I wanted to um, go, and some work experience in the hospital. And um, I was lucky to be paired with a really um, awesome professor who was actually working as a as a pediatric or a child dentist, and. I knew instantly, the week I was there, that this, is, this was the career that I wanted to do. So this was the choice. Um, so yeah, I, went, I made my way, I was lucky enough to get into dental school after finishing my medical science degree. And then went through um, dental school and started working in private practice, where I had an, an amazing mentor. And then I discovered that I liked the, the surgical kind of um, bits in dentistry and the cosmetic bits in dentistry as well. So did some further studies with the University of Sydney. Um, I got involved in their implant program, which I currently mentor for. Um, and then, yeah, I was lucky enough to be paired up with um, the team here and Ruben and May at Dental Boutique, and they've got, an, they've got like this amazing practice here in, in Melbourne, which is 25 chairs, and these guys basically do everything that we wanted to do, so um my business partner and i we were looking at setting up in sydney our own practice but we got offered offered a role here and we just kind of said look this this takes us 10 years ahead of it, it pretty much puts us in exactly where we wanted to be in 10 years so why would you pretty do that yeah. yeah so yeah. it's 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 been a, it's been a wild ride but um i focus most mostly on surgical dentistry these days so um that's my area of, area of love and passion so
0: yeah yeah amazing yeah
1: it's re- it's pretty good
0: and i guess from what you you know listening to you talk about your journey there, like a big thing we talk about with Move Your Mind, is habits and discipline, and mm-hmm. you know what, it, really whatever it's doing. Especially when you know you're trying to manage your mental health and wellbeing, you mm-hmm. sort of it's so important. But I mean, has that been a big part of you getting to where you are now? Be having to really, I guess, manage your time well, be disciplined, make sure that you're honest with yourself about what you can and can't do to get there. I can imagine it would have, and like going through study to get to mm-hmm. where you are now must have been, you know. A, a lot yeah yeah
1: it is um it's not like dentistry in itself is an incredibly stressful profession i think we'll touch more on that yeah um but that's something that they don't really prepare you for even at university um you just kind of go oh yeah it's cool i want to be a dentist but you don't actually realize what it's like um even going through university you know i think university gives you the it gives you the discipline in order to you have to stick with something really um for a really long period of time. Mm, mm. And in order to do well at it, you have to love it. Mm. So I think one of the essential kind of skill sets in, in becoming a dental practitioner anyways is, is having that that discipline. Yeah. And you have to, because you have to sit through through like seven or eight years worth of study even just to get out the door. Oh my god. So it's a, it's a long period of it's time, yeah. yeah. But the university is good at teaching you teaching you kind of structured, organized discipline. But when you come out into practice that's a whole completely different ball game. So when you're responsible for people and you basically have them in your hands, like no one in the history of anything would ever say they loved coming to see a dentist, ever. <laughs> um, things have changed a lot, but there's a lot of, there's a lot of stress and things. Um, I'm a very big believer in people's energy um, yeah. coming off you. Yeah. Um, so when you have someone who's incredibly anxious or nervous or fearful in your room, if you take on too much of that, it can it can cause a lot of problems for you personally, um, yeah. and especially th- depends on what type of person you are. Yeah. Um, if you care a lot about what you're doing, then it can actually be a huge detriment to your health if you don't know how to kind of separate and learn how to deal with that. So, one hundred percent. Yeah, it's. Yeah. A, I think it's a skill set that comes, and I think it's something that you never get a hundred percent. Like you can never say, "Oh, my job is never stressful," or "I don't have a, any this a level of anxiety."
0: Mm.
1: It's something that you learn. How to manage better and better and better as time goes on, um, because you see the consequences of 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 the way that you think and behave and how that affects like your personal life, how it affects mm. your relationships mm. with your with your families or your partner and other bits and pieces like that. So, it's it's something that's, and I think that's mental health in general. It's it is yeah. It's one of these things that you never learn how to master your own brain. It's a it's a continual learning. Um, spree throughout your life, and you just you just get better and better at managing it, I think.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You never. It's a continual thing, and um, there's no sort of guidebook on it. You know, we don't get taught this stuff in school. Parents don't normally teach us, so you really do almost need to learn from trial and error, and, and like what you're saying, I mean, I guess there's certain things you take or that are essential with studying and that you take out of it, but then there's certain things you literally can't learn unless you're actually there doing it. Yep. They're having... You know, having like you were talking, having those boundaries with yourself. How are you going to know what they are? Because you, if you haven't actually experienced it, and um, before we started recording, we were talking about hindsight, mm. and I, I think about that so much. Where um, in all aspects of life, where you sort of, even when things aren't going well in your life or you're struggling, often um, it's only in hindsight when you look back and say, "Oh, that actually needed to happen." Yeah. And maybe if something even went wrong, um, if it didn't go wrong. You might have gone on a path that stopped you from the bigger thing happening, and and then what we just learn, like you're saying, from all of the different experiences we have to understand ourselves, it's
1: so important, it's such yeah. a huge thing. Oh, uh, massively, and it, it shapes who you are as a person, but also professionally as well. Yeah, because if you um, to give you kind of like a dental example of that, if if there's a procedure or something, or something goes wrong, or there's there's an issue that that crops up from it, and it f- there's there's different types of people and some people will look at that and this is this is general rule of thumb in life as well like if you if there's a hardship or something happens the way that you deal with that and how you manage it actually will will determine how successful you are or what you or, or how good you are at something mm-hmm. so if a procedure is too difficult or you or something doesn't go 100% to plan and you just throw your hands up and say this is too hard i can't deal with it then you block yourself in this little in this little niche of where you've got a skill set where you can do amazing things for people and you can you can really, really change their lives. But if that's put into the too hard basket because of the after effects of the stress and the the constant worry and the, the responsibility that's associated with it, then you would never ever do that ever again. Yeah. So you're, the way that you determine and the way that you actually, um, the way that you deal with a situation and how you mentally look at it and deal with it as well will actually determine what type of practitioner you become down the road. But like I said, that mm. that's actually in life as well, isn't it?
0: So I was going to say, like what you're saying there. I think for anyone listening to this, that literally applies to. It's a universal message oh. because it's anything. If I equate it to you know the industry I'm in with acting, um, I've seen so many really good actors, friends, other people I've heard of that have just thrown in the towel because it is too. It's stressful and you're getting rejected, and it's the only formula. Well, the only thing we can control is how we respond to things, what we learn, how we can try, and you just keep trying to learn. And, mm. and you know, don't let it, don't take it too much to heart. Don't, don't take it personally. Um, and and you know, finding that way to navigate through it. It's yeah, it's so true. Yeah,
1: it's, it's it is these these things that kind of run through run through through the vein of existence. But yeah, um, my favorite thing recently that that I've told myself is that. Whenever you're looking at a situation, you're, if you're putting under duress or pressure or stress or something's going wrong or even if you're just angry or, or just annoyed, um, when you're kind of looking to yourself and it's, it's like, well, why am I stressed in this situation? And then mm-hmm. the thing that's helped me recently is just saying that you're actually choosing to feel this way. So no one else is in control of your thoughts and emotions. People, people can affect them, yeah. but the way that you react and the way that you feel is actually a choice that you yeah. make. So if you're sitting in an incredibly stressful situation, you've got this anxiety that's sitting inside the chest or in your stomach, then actually turning around and recognizing it and then going, You're actually choosing to feel this way. And then how is that going to help this situation? And if it's not going to, then like it's the purpose that it's serving is it's it's actually a detriment to you. And it's a detriment to the people that you're trying to help as yeah. well.
0: Literally there's no logic behind it. Like if you put just look at it black and white, there is not one benefit of look of doing that you're, you're just making your own life harder mm. so you do and it's so true because we can't control so many things in the world and you know we can put our best foot forward and things can happen unexpectedly but we can choose what we how we choose to react yeah and we might feel a horrible emotion we can't help it if that comes on but we can choose how we then deal with that emotion and if you're sitting there worrying about why you feel like that trying to fight it mm. it normally makes it worse so it's saying okay i'm acknowledging i feel like this but i'm going to choose to Approach it a different way. I'm going to try and learn from it, and yeah. that's all we can really do. Yeah, yeah.
1: And I think that's that's something that's like it's it comes with practice, practice as well. Life experiences, isn't it? Yeah, that it does. Sort of, yeah, because you remember situations that were like that six six months ago. And the other thing I look at is is will this will this thing matter in six months' time? Yeah, I love that. Because yeah. there's things that like, I've had so many sleepless nights where where I've annoyed someone or something hasn't gone gone 100 correct, and I beat myself up for nights. Yeah, I wouldn't wouldn't sleep properly, and then you look back and six months later, because it's been solved and you've, you've, you've figured out how to solve the problem, Yeah. but when you're when you're in the moment right then, it's the most important thing that consumes you. But when you look back six months later, if it doesn't matter and you're still not thinking about it, then what, Like, why is there a problem? So exactly. then pushing that forward when something else happens and then you're like, am I going to remember this in six months? And in your head, if you're like, no, then you're like, okay, so this is... Yeah. Not that important. I don't need to beat myself up about this because, in six months' time, this problem will be solved, and I won't even have a second thought about it. Yeah. So exactly. Yeah. Anyway, these are just. My, <laughs> this is literally how I navigate dentistry.
0: Well, I think yeah, these are all very uh, like again for anyone listening. I think these are valid things for any whatever the hell you're doing in life. Like, mm. and it's it's crazy the things that we can almost be in a, a mental hole over, um, like you're talking about that when you reflect, you almost can't even remember it happening because you're like, and you're like, what, was I actually that anxious or worried about that thing? Like, surely, because it's just, once you're out of it, you're just like, whatever, you move on, you find something new to stress about yeah. or <laughs> whatever it is. But it's, um, it is, it, I think it's, it comes with experience and trying to get perspective and um, yeah, reminding yourself, I guess, what you're, I think what you said at the beginning is so important because yes we need to be disciplined to manage all these things, but also I think we need to know the re- have the right reason for what we're doing yeah. so I guess like what your field it's incredibly stressful difficult career path um, you've got to really love what you're doing it's, oh, you, how could you sustain it you know that must so
1: that's <laughs> yeah yeah you can't you can't you can't do what what we do unless you unless you love it um, yeah. it's yeah yeah it's i always there were there were a few people at my university that kind of Weren't there by choice, um, so right. they were the career was chosen for them by their by their parents, and you kn- like you knew their heart wasn't in it from the very beginning. And now that I look back, all of those kids no longer work in the industry. How could you? Yeah, yeah. But it's after no. seven, seven years of your life, it's just kind of flushed down the drain. It's not.
0: I know. It's like it's so sad, and it's like a, again a big reason why I want to have these kind of conversations because we we don't get sort of taught how to think for ourselves often. Mm. Um, so unless you have that ability to, or you have self-awareness at a young age, a lot of the time you can be led by other people. Mm. And it is, it can sort of be a huge chunk of your life and it might take a breaking point for you to reevaluate and then change. So it's yeah. so important. It's like, I think it's so important to work out what what, what do you really want to commit yourself to? Mm. Take your time to find that. If you're lucky enough to find it earlier on, great. But if not, take your time to find it because life is still long. You know, you don't want to be stuck doing something, and then having to completely, you know, recalibrate. ideally. Yeah.
1: Well, it's like like now they they talk about people people change professions. Um, yeah. Like I think on average five or six times during their their lifetime, whereas 50, 60 years ago, you were, you had one profession, you stuck with it. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that's where for for people that are looking, who don't know what they want to get into, like mm. exploring those options, um, going out there and doing something generalist at the beginning, and then finding because exactly. you do, you find those little niches even within a, within a profession. Like you'll yep. you'll find a, a little neck of the woods that you really like, mm-hmm. and then once you're in there, you can kind of pour your energy into it and become the best in that in that in that area. So I think that's that's really important. Is that people shouldn't be pigeonholed from from the very beginning because it often leads to unhappiness. Like. Sitting in a job that you hate, I can't think of anything worse, oh. like to rock up and yeah. spend most of your adult life sitting in a place that you hate and doing something that, that doesn't give you any purpose or meaning. Oh. Um, like, I, it's, it's hard. Some people need to do it out of necessity, but um, I think in, in our society anyway, it's, we're lucky enough that we have that choice and you can do it. Um, but you have to also think, think about what you want to do long term, I think. Um, For sure. Yeah anyway it's easy for yeah. me to, it's easy for me to say cuz i decided earlier on what i wanted to do and that made my path a lot easier there wasn't huge yeah. amounts of decisions to be made yeah um, so it was just kind of finding that niche area within it within yeah. It, um, and yeah it's just happened so
0: but your point's really valid if you don't find that you know and this is how i found i was really lost and i was off the rails and it was just trial and error trying so i tried everything and through just and i was it was short-term things, and that, but I, I've actually found... I was like, if I didn't do all of that, I'm so grateful I did because I wouldn't have found what I love doing. So yeah. it's sort of you can't... So again, that whole thing that you can only learn so much by just reading a book or you know sitting in a classroom, mm. it's important, but you've also got to get yourself out there and just see what, what you like and what you respond to.
1: Yeah, I think that's the only way to do it as well because you won't, you don't really... Th- You don't know until you try. I think that's the same thing. You can have an an idea in your head, but even if you don't don't know anything about that in the first place, then how can you base your entire life decision on that? (laughs) Like, it's just like, oh, yeah, when I grow up, I want to do this. It's like...
0: Well, it's sort of like saying, you know, it's like sitting saying, I'm single, want to get married. I I haven't really met this person yet, but I think they're right for me. Yeah. And let's just let's get married and see. You just described a television <laughs> show. I
1: think where it's quite popular. Like, here we go. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I wonder no, what, quite a few what's, shows what's, about this. What's yeah. the divorce rate? Like, <laughs> just, exactly. Yeah, it's so true. Um, but yeah, I think I I think when you find coming back to that whole anxiety thing as well, I think that's one of the one of the biggest factors that stops people in. Like, they will go into they'll go into an menial job or do menial work because they don't have the confidence that they. Th- or they've got so much anxiety that it's almost crippling for them. Or well,
0: they're afraid of rejection. Yeah, afraid of failing. A hundred percent. Yeah.
1: And they will never, they will never push themselves beyond a boundary because they find a, a little place that's comfortable for them. Yeah. And it's non-threatening. They'll never achieve anything that's that's massively significant. But it, it's a comfortable place for them to kind of sit there and lay low. Um, so I think that your head has and the way that you think has so much to do with. Your life and your failures or successes—it's just. I think the older I get, the more I. The less I think I know about what's going on inside my head. Yeah. And how do you get to these positions? Um, One of the really interesting things is that people come back and they say they they look at you and like same thing with you. They're like you're you're incredibly successful. You're doing what you love. You're pushing this like you're you're kind of you're, you're standing out from the crowd. And what's actually led you there? And I when I look back and I used to hate hate having anxiety for Mm -hmm. such a long period of time. And I said to myself, if I could get rid of this, one thing in my life would be my anxiety anxiety. But if you actually flip that around and look look back, it's actually one of the it's one of the ways it's one of the things that's actually one of the driving factors in people's success. Mm -hmm. Because if you didn't have that, then you wouldn't be a high achiever. You Where's the drive going to yeah, come from? You yeah. yeah, you wouldn't push like, yourself. You wouldn't try to be the best at what you do. You wouldn't jump at bigger opportunities and try to grow yourself mm-hmm. personally and professionally. Um, so there was a really cool book. It said, it said Learn to Love the Beast Within, um, which was all about kind of anxiety management and actually embracing your anxiety as something that, that is a driving force for you, yeah. but not taking it to the point where it's kind of crippling for you.
0: It's really hard. Yeah, it? managing. It. But no, it's hard. It's a fine balance. But I think it is. It's so, so true and reminding yourself that um, I think there's the sort of wellness area has gone or self-help area has gone too far in being like, you know, we've just got to find that place where you're all, everything's okay and go and, you know, sit on a mountain and shave your head and go in a cave <laughs> yes. and chant or whatever. It's, like, not achievable, and you shouldn't want to achieve that. It's, no. like, life, like, I think the message should be life actually is hard. Life's not easy, but it, it's not meant to be. Mm. But it can be so rewarding, and these things, we shouldn't run away from them. Find how to manage it. And it's, like, there's no perfect way. It's trial and error. Find things, you know, simple things. Like, for me, it's exercise, um, just taking, making sure that I'm sleeping enough, Checking, having people that can give me honest feedback mm. and that can check in, whatever it is for you, but if you... Um, try and fight fight it. You're just gonna be too scared to do anything. Yeah. And, and it really is. It's a gift. Like I, it, I, I my ang- anxiety's been my biggest thing for sure as, as well. And um, I feel like I haven't a choice but to chase what I've wanted to do because if I didn't, the anxiety would be even bigger. About yeah. You know, I. It's like you you know that you can't. Your guts telling you you have to do it. Mm. So then it's sort of if you can just embrace that, it's almost makes life easier because you don't, the decision's made for you. You've just now got to like. Roll, go on that roller coaster and see what happens.
1: Yeah. The, the one thing that I find really interesting is that what I was talking about before is that your anxiety can actually be a driving factor or force behind you achieving great things. But then on the other hand for some people it's it's, it's crippling. Yep. So it's it's one of these things where you can't it's really hard to describe what it is. There's a, there's a common theme that floats through people, but how how you utilise it and how you work with it and how you react to it um, can be the difference between between, oh, between here and here. Like, it's a make it's or just, break.
0: And yeah. I think the myth is, and I think it's like a, a bigger problem than ever because of social media and everything else, where looking at all these people that we think are living these amazing lives, achieving, you know, all these crazy different things, and we think, oh, they have everything together, and they don't have to face the same daily battles that I face. Mm. The reality is, they all do. Yeah. And the people at the top have the exact same issues. They feel anxiety. You know, I listened to a lot of actors in interviews, and um, I can't remember who it was. I was listening to one recently, and you know, one of the biggest actors in the world, and they were saying every single film, even after doing fifty of them, they'll be, you know, not sleeping, vomiting, like just anxiety attacks before committing to it because they care so much but then they've channeled that to okay that allows me to hyper focus and throw myself into it and it doesn't go away so you you sort of got to embrace it because it's going to be there one way or another anyway so why not just accept it utilize it
1: (laughs) because you you can you can achieve great things when you when you push yourself yeah yeah managing it down down the track is the harder thing i think so
0: Thank you so much for supporting Move Your Mind. We're expanding the offerings of the organization and we're tailoring everything we do to suit you guys and to try and answer to all of your needs and the questions that you send in. The book is available globally. You can find all of the links at nickbrax.com book. And we've just released the Move Your Mind community. We've currently got a men's community group, a women's community group, a general group. We're gonna be lo- loading up other groups and you can find all of the links at moveyourmind.me. This group's been created based on the needs of what we've heard and learnt throughout running Move Your Mind. And we have live events, we've got courses, we've got huge amounts of value, the ability to share information, share ideas, Work in groups together to, to grow and share your learnings, to learn about different topics. You get email reminders. There's a whole lot of features in there. We're constantly updating it, and we're so excited to share it with you. You can find all of the information about it at moveyourmind.me. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. So in the work you're doing, and this podcast being about mental health, I guess, um, and we were you know touching on this when I was first talking to you about it, it's such a it plays such a huge part um, in people's mental health with um, you know the, whatever dental work they're getting done. Is that is there a huge a big correlation in in the two things?
1: Yeah, I think so. Like we, because no one no one physically likes coming to see a dentist. Here, yeah, if they do, there's um... that's a different story. <laughs> there's <Yeah>. Probably <laughs> there's there's there's, um, there's a section in the the DCM five five about that. Um, <laughs> So there's a lot of, like I think when you when you look at your oral health and anxiety and stress, we often see a lot of people who, a lot of people have got very 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 poor dental health. It's it's happened for a reason. Mm-hmm. Um, we see it a lot with people who are who are depressed. And if we go back to that anxiety thing with, um, with drug abuse or even just through COVID, like we saw, we saw more patients with cracked teeth during mm-hmm. COVID than we'd ever seen before. And it was it wasn't like statistically significant. There was People coming in fractured teeth because the amount of grinding that they were doing from stress, and um, because we were just like, what's going on here? People coming mm-hmm. back with headaches mm-hmm. and they're reporting pain, and so. When well, I even remember,
0: it, sorry to cut you off, when you yeah. when I um, first got work done through you, you were you re- told me that I grind my teeth yeah. or, or clench, and I, I and then after it, like even last night I was thinking I was like, oh, oh, holy shit, I yeah. I, I do I like, but I never thought about it, but yeah. So, Sorry, I will just see
1: it. It no, but it's yeah. it, it's it's one of those things that you don't you actually subconsciously don't even really feel about until yeah. it becomes a massive problem. Yeah, that your yeah, body yeah. alerts you that there's a problem going on. But um, so you're, you, I think you're kind of your general like emotional um, state and your mental health state actually affect your teeth and vice versa as well. Yeah. So we've got people who are in, who've got. A lot of problems Who are incredibly depressed and it comes down to the fact that if you're sitting at home and you just don't have the motivation to even do to do anything in life then the last thing you're going to do is pick up your toothbrush Mm. Um, so over a long period of time um, your general health goes down goes down the drain and your dental health goes down the drain but it's got a double effect like if you're if you're not getting enough sleep you might look tired but if you're missing your two front teeth because you've, you've had problems that have been smashed or you haven't cared after looked after them properly because you haven't been able to then it's kind of this like never-ending cycle mm. um, so many people have got so much um, anxiety about the way that they physically look yeah um, and there's there's a whole different groups of people we've got the younger crowd who are like you were talking about before who are seeing these people with their perfect perfect smiles all over the place and then yeah. you've got the other other end of the of the kind of the chain where people who who've, who've Lost their teeth from, from, um, from problems or from violence or other bits and pieces, and it changes, it changes their demeanor. Like I see people every day who come in who will they'll cover their mouth because they don't yeah. they don't they haven't smiled in twenty years, um, and you ask them to smile in a photograph and they actually have forgotten how to do it. The muscle memory isn't there. Wow, and that's crazy. Yeah, it's nuts. Yeah, God, yeah. That,
0: that I mean that's a core part of. Life, yeah, smile. Like I can't imagine that. Like just actually actively not smiling. Like it's yeah, it's because you know.
1: it's how you communicate with people. It's yeah. how it's how you make friends. Like if you walk around and you've got this this grimace on your face the entire time, um, people think you're unfriendly or they yeah. won't want to connect with you. And then. Like people come in and they they won't they won't go out to a restaurant because if they've got a, a false set of teeth or one or two teeth missing they're so they're so petrified of the thing coming out mm. during their either speaking or talking or eating at a restaurant or going out and seeing their friends that they'll actually isolate themselves at home.
0: Mm. Like mm.
1: I've got patients whose whose husbands or wives don't even know that they've got that they've got a false set of teeth in, and it's like how do you how do you actually hide hide that from because someone? Because
0: they feel embarrassed about totally it? embarrassed. Yeah,
1: well. Wow. Um, but can you imagine Which like... Which is crazy. Yeah. yeah. How, it's like having a, a f- fake leg and, and your partner not knowing about it. Yeah, like, how do you hide how, that how from... You, but people do. Um, yeah. So. so that's
0: the level of how much shame or mm. embarrassment they have over, over that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. massively. Yeah. And
1: we see... Uh, yeah. the, the beauty of what I do is we see the flip side as well. So someone will come in and they've, they've struggled their whole life with, with problems and um, there's not much left. And we're able to go through this kind of whole transformative journey, and I'm lucky enough to see them and get to know them beforehand. And then, mm. and then when I see them afterwards, they come in and they're completely different people. Yeah. Like Someone who's, who's yeah, who's got a wreck set of teeth that if you smiled it would it would, like you would you would shudder, and they've lived with it for 20 years. Yeah. And then you give them you give them like a, a really beautiful set of teeth that they've always wanted, and the way that their body language changes, the way that they talk to and address you. Changes the way of their personal habits and caring. Like they'll come in and they've had their hair done, and Mm. like they've trimmed their beard, and every like they're taking way more care of themselves Um, because they've got this. This one thing has been holding them back for so long. Um, So it's it's an absolute pleasure, and Mm. like it's literally the reason why I do what I do is because you can see someone come from this place where they've got no self-esteem. They are not social because they they don't want to be in public with. They will never go to a restaurant. Um, they can't they can't find a partner um, because they don't want to they don't want anyone to see what's going on here and then you you flip it around to them and you see the the real person come out, the person that you knew was always inside. yeah, so that's I think dental health has and like the condition of your mouth has such a massive effect on your self-confidence. and it's not the only thing, but it's it's incredibly important.
0: In, yeah, no, hugely important. and like you're saying if you if you it would just it's just such a vicious cycle if that's not if that's causing the self-esteem problem you're trying to cover it up then everything else is going to fall apart and just perpetuate the problem yeah, and it just gets worse it just gets worse and worse which i can com- can completely imagine and you know rightly or wrongly it's a thing we face in the world you 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 do if you saw someone you know missing teeth you'd instantly be making like I know I would i'd be like looking and not tr- not actively judging them, but you'd, it, it's a conditioning thing in our mind that we would look and think in a certain way of that person or how they. Pre- it, you just can't help it. It's yeah. like how. So it's like yeah, that's and you, crazy. And you don't you don't know their story like you I've, don't know their story. Yeah.
1: I've had patients who come in here missing their two front teeth, and if you looked at just an X-ray, or if you spoke to them, you'd think that okay, yeah, so there's, they've had an issue with whatever yeah. else. But then when you get down to it, they've like been a domestic violence assault victim, yeah. or they were involved in a massive car crash, or. Um, things that are not their fault mm. and that's that's the other side of things as well is that you you have someone who is living a normal life and then something happens to it and yeah. they don't have access to fix it and it's, it completely changes them so yeah uh, yeah it's I, I try to imagine walking around with if you try to walk around without your two front teeth like oh how differently how God. differently would you act
0: Um, I'd be the same, I'd be hiding away, I'd be covering my mouth, I'd be, yeah, I I would... During during
1: COVID, it it wouldn't have been a problem. Not as
0: big um, of an issue, yeah.
1: (laughs) But now it is, so...
0: Massively, I can't even imagine, yeah, you would, you'd end up doing exactly, like, whatever, like, what happened in the stories, of course. Um, What about, um, are there people that just can't afford to get it fixed? Like, that must be...
1: Yeah, and it's hard because there is, like, there are are a lot of barriers to treatment, um, especially... Dentistry is, is different to, to a lot of systems because people in Australia think dentistry is, is expensive, mm. um, and like, if you look at it comparatively, it is. But. Mm. If you're getting a hip replacement, for instance, it's covered by Medicare, so you don't actually see the the bills that go go into the, into that, yeah. because the amount of equipment that's required, and like we we're set up like a hospital here, um, so there's there's millions of dollars worth of equipment in here. Yeah. So the time that it takes and the skill that's required, um, you just get a bill at the end of the day, and a lot of people use that as comparison because. For Medicare, everything's covered. Um, yeah. But in dentistry, it's all private. Yeah. So there is there is definitely barriers to, to costs that's in that's that are involved with that. Um, Makes sense. Yeah, but then it's also another level as well. Like people, you have to look at it from kind of an investment point of view. Like this is something that you wear. Mm-hmm. All day every day that you're functioning with 24 hours a day that's in one of the harshest environments in your in in the body it's hot it's wet it's exposed to food acid all of that type of thing so it's when you're when you're looking at 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 something that's going to hopefully last you for 25 years in that environment then it's actually not that expensive to have the work done it is, it's a, it's, a big, it's a big dollar value, but if you break it up over a 20 year period of time, like you, you'd spend, spend more on, on coffees than you would. Than you would yeah. Um, or it depends how much coffee you drink, you'd have to drink a fair bit. You'd have to, <laughs> yeah. you'd are, have, just, to have a lot, yeah. yeah there, are, there are barriers to, to treatment, but um, we're lucky enough that these days there's, um, specifically if if someone's if the appearance of someone's teeth, if they're missing front teeth, from a functional medical point of view, which mm-hmm. means they can't eat mm-hmm. properly, um, they're at a much higher risk of diabetes and heart, um, heart disease. And then, if it's a psychosocial problem, so if they're missing the two front teeth, they can't get a job, mm-hmm. um, or they're, they're missing five or six teeth because of whatever accident, then, then patients have the ability to access some of their super to do that type of work. Um, That's great. Yeah. yeah. And then there are there are other ways as well. Like we set up payment plans and other bits and pieces mm. where we try to help people because it's it's interest free and it helps them to to get to that point. Because often a lot of people, the barrier for them to kind of almost rejoining society is that. Um, they can't do it when it's like this. So yeah. if you give them that leg up and help them get to that point, then um, you see people turn around and they get the job of their dreams. That well, yeah, there. then
0: exactly. Yeah. It's sort of, you get, they, they'll, it's an investment that will come back 100 times over yeah, because absolutely. you just, yeah, you're stuck in a hole otherwise. And, and like you're saying, you can't avoid it. We're all, you know, we, and, and if you leave it too long, it's going to cost you significantly more money than if you try and maintain and do all the right things. Yeah. Um, as it's coming up, and try and you know be on top of it. It's going to save you a lot compared to just leaving it and becoming having a huge problem that is going to require huge amounts of dental work to, yeah. to get fixed. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And then then you've got the other side of people who are actually quite unlucky, where a portion of their genetics is responsible for, for their problems. Yeah. And yeah. So they do everything by the book. They they do everything, and then they still have have multitudes of issues. So it's just it's 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 part of being human, I think. But, yeah. Yeah.
0: That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and. I guess like for, how, how do you maintain your own well-being with what, the work you're doing, with how, you know, I guess long hours for you it would be high stress, you're, you know, having to really focus all the time. How do you find balance and are there things you do to maintain your own well-being on a regular basis?
1: Yeah, so like you, um, exercise is one of those things that's almost non-negotiable for me. So yeah. um, I... I came to a significant point a couple of years ago when you talk about hitting a wall and you, mm, mm. you, you get burnt out and you realise, okay, what, what's happening here and how can I fix this? So for me, it was getting a personal trainer and yep. doing gym a couple of sessions a week. So that's one thing that really, really helps with mental acuity. Mm-hmm. Um, I hated it to begin with and it took me a long time to actually really love it. And um, it's it's one of those things that's kind of almost non-negotiable for me. Uh, the other way of... Kind of helping with stress is meditation for me. Um, I n- I never ever thought if you if you told me ten years ago that I'd be sitting down and having a chat with someone about the importance of meditation, I, w- I would have just rolled my eyes. <laughs> um, but there are meditation for me is is one of those ways of kind of just focusing and putting yourself in a moment. And it's almost like the other things I was talking about. Is this going to matter in six months? Mm-hmm. No, because if you're grounded in that in that point then and there, it just helps you to kind of reset. So. Meditation for me is really important. Um, exercise as well. They're the, t- they're the two main things that, that you use, um, that yeah. I use anyway to kind of manage. And almost kind of like, not com- compartmentalizing, but making sure that you don't bring things home. Yeah, um, That's really hard to do because if you've had a super stressful day or if you're worrying about what's going to happen the next day or there's issues, then it's really difficult to try to kind of separate your personal and professional lives. And it, like it never ever will happen like that. But just... Yeah having the ability to kind of switch, make us switch it off slightly and remove yourself from that situation or the anxiety um, provi- like provoking portion of it, that, that really helps as well. Yeah. So, But yeah, exercise and, and meditation for me, they're, they're the two things.
0: They're the two main ones, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah and, and that's the thing, if you can't switch off, uh, you you will burn out because, <laughs> and it's so hard to do it because we live in 24-7 now, it's like impossible almost sometimes to do it, but... You need to find ways that work for you to switch off because otherwise, how can you? How can anyone sustain being on that much? I yeah, mean, you know, you can be lying in bed checking emails at eleven thirty at night and whatever. It's just never ending. Yeah. and you, yeah. your
1: head does that thing where it just continually rotates around something, and it's just this, these, these kind of never-ending cycles. Yeah, exactly. And then your sleep's affected, and it's just yeah, It's yeah. It's, it's really really difficult to deal with, but
0: for sure. Um, and another thing I'm interested to ask you because I know for me I really struggle with this. Um, I'm naturally very competitive, very ambitious. I love what I'm doing, like what you were saying with your career. Um, so I find this balancing act all of the time that I'm having to constantly try and find the middle ground with. Where I'm ambitious, and I'll be pushing things, and then I'll sometimes be aiming too high, or comparing myself to other people, looking too far ahead, and then it takes the sort of takes you away from being present in just enjoying the day-to-day process of what you're doing. Yeah. Um, but it's this. Well, I don't know. I don't think there is a solution to it. But it's you know this to and froing on a daily basis for me. Is that something difficult for you to manage as well?
1: Yeah, I think the that's once that's another thing that kind of comes with the experience as well, is like kind of overreaching your mark. Yeah. And yeah. recognizing the signs when it's getting to a point where you know that you can like you're getting to that point where it's starting to get dangerous about your burnout and making sure that you take breaks as well from it. Like I just came back from two weeks in Southeast Asia, which was wonderful. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But getting that kind of reset is the thing that allows you to recharge your batteries in order to get to that point. Um, I think also prioritizing, you know, like prioritizing things in your life as well. Um, You never want to stop kind of overreaching, but you can also pull back from... Things that are not really that essential, mm-hmm. um, and tuning your energy into yourself rather than, than giving it out to other people, for instance, um, and keeping keeping that kind of energy within yourself so that you can that you can achieve those higher things, and often yeah. that comes yeah. at a cost though. So,
0: it's a ten year anniversary of Underbracks, and we've relaunched with the classic white pair. We've also got new styles coming out super soon. We're donating a dollar from every pair to mental health, currently to 1 in 5. You can find all of this at www.underbracks.com. Well, every everything comes at a cost. Yeah. You know, absolutely every single decision we make yeah. comes at a cost, which I try and remind myself because otherwise you can, you know, there's an anxiety with the fear of missing out or fear of letting people down or whatever it is, mm-hmm. but you say yes to something that's saying yes at the expense of something else and I guess yeah that's it's a hard thing like I, I mean for me again they probably in addition to that the thing that I am getting better with that still struggle with is people pleasing and yep. you know boundaries because I and I've noticed that when I've been back in Australia I, I've started to actually get a bit burnt out because I've had family friends I've been working on stop you're trying to see all of these pe- different people I'm like I can't I actually can't sustain that yeah uh and you get better at it as you get older but it's it's tough mm. the you know not to find that balance is that i yeah. i guess you're busy it would be so hard cuz you in your time out you've got people probably wanting your attention yep. that you also need to look after yourself
1: it it is really hard like i'm i'm really lucky because obviously well i'm sydney based but i've yeah. been, i've been coming down to melbourne and during my week i don't have i don't have that many social contacts here so <laughs> I've, that's where I've made a bit of a sacrifice because instead of going out, I haven't had that that social pressure on me recently. Yeah. Um, here because I've I've got the week to do what I need to, and then I can focus and concentrate on building what we're doing. Yeah. Um, but recently, it's really hard because every time I go back to Sydney, um, even just for a weekend, I, like I won't specifically tell people that I'm going yeah. back because I've got I've got my my map out of, and some of my friends are going to hate me for this because they <laughs> think that I'm not there, but. There's only so much you can do and yeah. there's only so much you can take. So I uh, you I found that as 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 you get older your your group of friends, the people that aren't reliant on you if you've built amazing relationships in life and I'm I'm so lucky, I've got some really amazing friends that I'm like, Hey guys, I'm gonna go I'm moving up to Melbourne for six months and then we're setting up this massive thing, so I'm probably not gonna be around as much. Yeah. And then the people that come back and turn around and say, Good on you, like we're here to support you and whenever you need it, just let us know. Versus the people like, well, you're not spending any time with me. Like, mm-hmm. I can't believe that you didn't tell me you were down here. And it's like, well, I can't believe you're not coming to this. And like, we never see you anymore. Those are the type of people that you shed. Yeah,
0: I, I love that point. And I can relate so much. And um, I guess like, yeah, and I've faced that coming back just actually with probably more People I do want to be around, but just you know, because I've been gone for so long. But living in New York, it is kind of like there's hard bits about it. But that's what I love. It's like I'm there, I'm working a lot, and you're like, oh, I don't. Even if I want to see people, I kind of can't. And sometimes yeah. it's lonely. Sometimes like, oh, this is nice, not forever, but for a period. Yeah, it's good, isn't it? Just like cut, cut. It's like one extreme or the other. Yeah. Um, but it, yeah, I, I love what you said there because I've had that thing where I, I think, I guess it's again a thing about. Age and getting, you know, learning about what is good and not good for you. But I had so many people that would guilt trip me if I didn't give them my attention. Mm. And that's what I learned as well that um, if you, if people are giving you a hard time about something when you're honest with them, you're not, you know, you're saying, Look, I would love to see you, but this is why. If they can't understand that and they make you feel bad, then they aren't thinking, they don't really care about you, they're caring about just themselves. And I've got all my closest friends, that's, you know, if I said to them, look, I'm, you know, I'd love to see you, but I can't see you for the next 18 months because of blah, blah, they'd be like, go for it, you know, go do this. And that's when you, you know, unconditional, yeah. whether it's family, friends, whatever it is, I think that's the real friends that you want to have. Oh, 100%. And yeah, otherwise it's not really... It's not manageable.
1: I call it. Um, I like to call the, the the other people. They're called happiness vampires because yeah. they'll come in and they'll, they'll extract as much energy out of you as you can. Um, keep on talking about energy. Then people are going to think that I'm a, <laughs> like this, <laughs> this holistic dentist. It's not, But it's. I'm definitely yeah. definitely not into that. But yeah, um, when they if someone comes in and saps energy out of your life, mm. and it's it's an effort to hang around them, and they and they wouldn't contribute in the same way back to you, mm-hmm. like. Every single close person I have around me, I know that at the drop of a hat, if I needed them, yep. then I would, they would be there for me within a second. Exactly. And it's vice versa. It's it's, it's give and take. So
0: it's so, and that's one of the things when I do talks. I, that's what I always say. One of the key things is if you don't have, un, you know, you don't, you don't, you, well, you actually can't have a lot of them. I've got probably three friends, exactly like you were saying, where it's unconditional. Yep. We know everything about each other. At the drop of a hat, if I'm in New York, it's five in the morning. And I don't need to talk to them; they'll be on the phone. I'll do the same for them, and you know you can only have so many of them. And, but that's like that's what you want. That's mm. what's important. Yeah, absolutely, hundred percent. And yeah.
1: I'm, I'm I'm lucky enough, and it seems like you are as well, to have those people. But it takes it takes time to foster those relationships. It doesn't, yeah, it does. it doesn't happen overnight. But yeah, um, they're the, they're the people that you kind of cling on to and hold on to because they're they're worth their weight in gold.
0: So. Exactly, and it does take time. You know, it's like anything though. Nothing. Um, I guess, I think we live in a world now where everyone wants quick fix, instant gratification. The same goes for rel- any v- relationship. Mm. It's not, it's, you know, it takes time to, to build that. So you can't just, you gotta commit. Yep. Commit. Yeah.
1: <laughs> hard work. <laughs> yeah, hard work. That's, that's how you get anywhere in
0: life. Yeah, it? exactly. Um, so anyway, we, we finish up every episode with five closing questions. And these can be sort of short answers, whatever comes to mind. Uh, before I go into that, where for all of our listeners, if they want to learn learn more about you and their dental clinic, um, where can we send them? I'll put this all in the show notes as well. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, where's um, where's so, the best
1: place? Well, basically, just look up Dr. Ben Hargrave or yep. Dental Boutique. That's the they're the two places. We're pretty we're pretty proliferant on um, social media. And you won't have a, you won't have any trouble finding us. So,
0: and we'll have all the links for anyone listening as well. The links will be in the show notes. So if you want to check it out, please do check it out. Go and follow Ben. Good. Look up the clinic. We'd love to
1: have you. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Watch his skit. We we we, no. we co-starred in a, a, a mental health um, dental skit recently. So have a look. Yeah.
1: And <laughs> if and if you, you come through, you might actually see me in a rabbit suit at some point. So that's there. There you go.
0: You see. You're doing all sorts of things. <laughs> like so, you're an energy healer, dentist, <laughs> rabbit actor, rabbit suit <laughs> performer. Or, I don't know. It's like yeah, can't <laughs> keep up. Um, so anyway, these um, closing questions. The first one is. Um, what do you think is the biggest burden um, on mental health in society today, or one of the biggest?
1: I think social media is one of the. It's,
0: it's so funny. Every ninety nine percent of the people on the podcast, mm. that's the answer. Yeah, so, yeah.
1: Because you, you flick through, you flick through something, and it's just, it's just this, this kind of stylized ideal life, mm. and like you said before, it's 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 this is a snapshot in time that's actually been. I find it gets worse and worse. Like maybe I'm showing my age here, but. Like we never were shown pictures of that when we were in our teenage years, and I hate oh, no, to think what no, the kids no. are growing up with these days because it's like having being faced with these images all day, every day, and just scrolling through on your Instagram lead. Um, it's the pressure to succeed, and I think it's really important that we tell people that it's not rosy and it's not peaches, and life isn't actually like that. It's critical. Cool. Trying to aspire to something that's that's impossible um, is is not impossible, but
0: well, it doesn't exist. It's no. like I, I love what. Um Jim Carrey said that he wishes everyone could um, experience the fame and um, success and wealth that he has experienced, because then they could realise that it's not the answer. Yeah. And these people that get it—that's not—it's still not the answer, even if you do get it. So you've got to find a way to be happy now or be okay with yourself now. Yeah. That's yeah. So true. Absolutely. Uh, what would you say is your best childhood memory that comes to
1: mind? Um, when I think back, the first thing that kind of pops to my mind is when I learnt I learnt to ride a bike on um, a little island off Perth called Rottnest Island, which is called, oh beautiful. Yeah, it's Quakers yeah. everywhere, and then, yeah. ironically, it's always on Instagram. But um, yeah, I remember I remember learning how to ride this kind of little red bike, um, and that was I think one of my earliest memories because I was I was only a couple of years old. Um, so we were there with my family, and we loved the place because it was just it was so exciting for us to get out and um, go to this completely new area, even though it wasn't that far from, from where we kind of grew up. But I just have a really, really, really fond memories of our family together and me learning how to ride a bike um, and, and like the whole island itself, so
0: yeah. I love that, love those kind of memories. It actually reminds me when we used to go to um, Stradbroke Island in Queensland every year and similar, similar sort of thing. It's like, I guess, such good memories of doing that. With the family and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah.
1: It's, those are the kind of warm and fuzzy moments that you remember, isn't it? Yeah.
0: Exactly. Uh, what would you say is your personal definition of happiness?
1: This is a this is a difficult question. It's a tricky uh, one. It is. Um, so, how would you define happiness? Exactly. I think it's being, I think it's being comfortable with yourself and understanding yourself, and I honestly think the only way that you can be happy is is to explore explore yourself more. Because the way that you react, the way that you behave, your generalised mood, your feeling, your mental health, your physical health, all of that stuff is linked. Mm -hmm. Um, And happiness is not something that can be bought. Happiness is not something that that kind of can just be created from, from nothing. Everything requires work. So I think the answer to or what my definition of happiness is, is is understanding yourself to a level where you're comfortable with who you are and what you're doing and having a purpose. So those kind of things linked. Mm-hmm. If you've got those in life, um, then that's as close as you can get to happy. Anyway, that's that's my, I, no, my I definition. No, I love that.
0: Though. I love that, and that's why I ask it, because happiness, you know, I think the word happiness is like so misused it shouldn't be about you know happiness we equate to this feeling of elation or whatever it is but really it should be like you're talking about how do i just get that nice grounded feeling and that just be at peace whether i'm having a bad day a good day i'm Mm. stressed i'm happy i'm anxious whatever as long as underneath you've got that you know you you're being true to yourself and you feel grounded and you then then you can't really go too wrong
1: you've got that absolutely all
0: right so i got two more here um what are you most afraid of (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, crocodiles No yeah, s- That could be yeah. I, I, I really Really hate hate Crocs Yeah um, What am I most afraid of I think failure is, is one of those Is one of those things But it's becoming Less and less now mm-hmm. Because Failure is Like how do, you, how do you Even measure that It's something that you It's a personal on. It is You, you yeah. put yourself to, to Like oh well I failed that But if you compare yourself To other people Then it might not be a failure You might be doing really well Yeah So Failure is becoming less and less of those concerns, but what am I petrified of crocodiles? Are the first we can first go with crocodiles. Yeah, yeah that's, that's, that's a right.
0: valid, valid one. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I've been, I've been swimming with them in like in, in Mexico. We were swimming through this like crystal clear water in this cenote, and there was a, a, it was an alligator, so it wasn't really. Still, they can do a lot of damage, no, can't no, they? Or funny, they're not I mean, too bad. Well, those ones only eat fish, but right. Um, so you, yeah. It's just yeah. Actually, swimming swimming in in water where there is a the potential for there to be. Something that's going to eat me. That's that's terrifying. Like
0: murky yeah. Ugh. Yeah. yeah. You just you're so vulnerable. You don't know what the hell. It's no. like an eerie sort of feeling. Yeah. All right. So final one. What are you most proud of?
1: Um, I think it's ta- it's taken a long time, but like I I'm pretty proud of myself. Like I've I put myself through a lot, and I've achieved a lot of things that I was fortunate enough to be. Um to have the opportunities and to be raised in, in an area where I, where I did have the opportunities for me to kind of work myself up to a point where I'm super, super proud of what we're doing. Um, it's hard it's hard not to compare yourself to others, but if you do, like I look back at my my kind of career path and how much I've done. and mm. like it's it's no mean I, I I don't boast about anything and i'm i don't I don't feel this kind of sense of um, superiority or anything, I don't think that I'm any different from anyone else. I've just been lucky enough to be in a position where I've had opportunities that have been given to me, and I've grabbed them. Mm. So, I'm, I'm super proud of that.
0: As you should be. Yeah. And yeah, you've put yourself in that position to be able to to grab them. And no, it, I think it's amazing. I mean, at a young age, you've done a lot. So yeah, I'm sure. You'll continue to, and and continue to also do energy healing and acting and whatever else (laughs) method
1: acting (laughs) (laughs) but yeah I'll try my hand at existentialist (laughs) yeah exactly
0: (laughs) but yes thank you so much mate for doing I really enjoyed the chat I I know that our listeners will take a lot out of this Mm. so uh yeah, thank you again. I'm so glad we got to do it. Thanks for having me, Nick.
1: It's been um, it's been wonderful. I've really enjoyed it. So yeah, um, anytime you want someone to come and talk, I'm really happy to. Appreciate it. And
0: shout out to our mutual friend Vince Deluca as well. If, he's, if he's watching, Vince.
1: <laughs> hey Vince. <laughs> thanks, thanks for thanks for the networking
0: opportunity, Vince. Appreciate it. He's a, he's a great networker. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate it, mate. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks to Dr. Ben Hargrave for joining me today for Move Your Mind.